Welcome to my Life Beyond Postnatal Depression podcast and the Beginner Health Sessions. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and let's be honest, making changes to our health can seem hard, confusing and complicated. So let's come back to basics. Each Thursday, I'll be here with simple tools you can use to transform your health. See you inside. Hello, welcome back to a Beginner Health Session with me, Susan Scollin, and today we're talking all about perfectionism. And it's really interesting because I've chosen not to write uh, a script for this episode. And of course, it's coming out late. So there's nothing perfect about this episode whatsoever. It's not even going to have the most perfect content that's going to be um, super, super meaningful for you from, a, from my perspective anyway. But what it will have is aligned content that will be super meaningful for you if it resonates with you. And that's the the key, I guess, against everything that we do. We often think that we have to have all our ducks in a row to be able to move forward. I'm going to start a new business. Then I need to make sure I've got my website up and running and I have a Facebook or social media account and I have a mobile phone number that people can contact me on. I need to be present in different, you know, go out and do workshops or I need to... Um, yeah, know exactly who I'm targeting. You don't need to know any of that sort of information. You can just start and just see what happens. And you don't have to tell anybody that you've started. That's the other part. It's an, another kind of fallacy or, or myth. And maybe, yes, some people could see that as a lost opportunity. But in the reality, if it's just starting small and you need to work through what everything means for you um, and you want to take that kind of time, and that's perfect. I hear it a lot with people around, I don't want to get it wrong. I want to get there faster. And I've had these stories as well. So if I tap into somebody, perhaps a coach or a resource, a training course, of course, they're all going to support me. But it's how I interpret that information and what I do with that information. And sometimes taking a course isn't to do anything with it. It's just to increase my knowledge in a particular area. So perfectionism is what I'm going to say is the one way to do things and that can go across all areas of your life and it's defined by you. It's not defined by anybody else or let me rephrase that. It possibly could be. So potentially you're in a relationship and your partner has a particular way that they like something done, particular temperature that they cook the pasta at, a particular way things are put on the shelf um, a particular way the bed is made and what time of day the bed is made. Now, we're not getting into OCD land here. <laughs> I could certainly see where we would go with that. And sometimes it's great to take away those decisions. Um, knowing that you're going to make the bed first thing in the morning, that decision is already done. Knowing that you're going to brush your teeth as soon as you get out of bed, that decision is done. And we're going to talk all about decisions next week. So it's not about being perfect to the point that it supports you it's not about that it's the perfectionism that stops us and that's what we we're talking about perfectionism is fear-based it's not doing something because you know you're not going to get it right the first time and the reality is that for every decision that we make and I'm kind of getting into next week's episode actually but we are going to make a mistake or have the opportunity to learn something every five to seven times for each decision that we make. 
So there's going to be that gray area. And of course, as a perfectionist, we're trying to minimize that gray area. We just like black and white, don't like the gray because the gray is messy and it means that we're unorganized. It can mean that I've lost control. There can be a whole pile of stories that come up. And so allowing yourself that space to go, I'm going to have an imperfectly perfect day today. And interestingly, just as I said that, Teddy walked through the door. Now he knows I'm podcasting and he knows I need to be quiet. So he walked through the door quietly. However, I stopped the recording, listened to him, showing me what's happening in a game that he's got me playing this morning with him. And he's very excited because he's moved to the next level. And now he's gone off to play because he's really excited again. So this is life. This is what people term mum life. It's called just life because it doesn't actually just happen to mums. It happens to us as daughters. It happens to us as employees. It happens to us as people out in the world living our life. Right now I can hear a motorbike going down the street very, very slowly and I'm like, I'm on a podcast, don't they know? I need peace and quiet. But that's just not life. So choosing to live imperfectly is really a gift that we can give ourselves. One of the ways that um, I, I guess, I, you know, I live in, a, in an imperfect, uh, a perfect kind of state in some ways is I like to have everything where it belongs. I know where it belongs. I know where I've put it. Um, so, for example, the scissors are in the knife block. The cutlery is in the right-hand drawer. Third drawer down is where, you know, cling wrap or beeswax wraps, all of that sort of stuff live. And so when things aren't happening or things aren't where I'm expecting them to be, it takes longer for me to find it. And that to me can be frustrating. So I'm a manifesting generator in human design. And for those of you that don't know, generators and manifesting generators, they're not self-theme. So when they're out of alignment, it's frustration. When we're in alignment, we're satisfied. And satisfaction for me is knowing that I go to the knife block and there are the scissors. And some days, like the other weekend, Chris was um, opening up some boxes and stuff, doing some um, outside, uh, what were we building? Oh, Teddy's basketball ring. So he had the scissors out there building the ring. So he had cut the box, like the, the tape around the boxes with the scissors and the scissors were still out there. And I needed to open something else, but I went inside because I didn't register that Chris had the scissors out there. So I've gone from outside to inside to go, oh, the scissors aren't here. And I could have chosen to get frustrated in that moment, or I could choose, and this is what I'm doing, I'm practicing more of, and I'll say because I'm not perfect in this at all, is go, where could it be? Let me broaden my view around what's been going on recently. And instead of going, oh, where's those bloody scissors? I just said to Chris, have you got the scissors out there? And he said, yeah, I do. And I went, okay. And my brain, of course, went to, he knew that I was out there with him, helping him. And I went inside, like I had to open something. So my brain was telling me he should have known that I needed the scissors and could have just told me, hey, the scissors are right here. (laughs) So I had this whole chat going on in my head and and I went, but that's not helpful. He doesn't care about any of that and nor should he and nor should I. 
So letting it go, I walk out, I cut the whatever I was cutting and we get on with things. Otherwise, it's a, it, there's a parable because I, I'll come to the parable in a second, but it's me holding on to something. So the parable is these two monks or religious men come to uh, going from point A to point B. They're in the woods and they're told not to talk to anybody along the way. They're to go directly on their path and they come, they leave where they are, their camp, and they come to a river. And here is a woman who can't get across the river but needs to get across the river. So one of the men talk to the women, woman and then carry her across the river, put her down, and they go on their path. The other man is going, but we were told. We were told that we can't talk to anybody and interact with anybody, so I can't believe you did that. Anyway, they keep going on their trek and they get to their end destination, say a couple of hours later, and the monk that helped the woman, he's moved on. He's done and dusted. It's not a problem for him. But the, the monk that didn't help the woman and chose to follow the directions that were given to them is sort of standing there going, well, you should have, you should have done, you shouldn't have touched her. You shouldn't have, you know, helped her across the river. That wasn't what we were supposed to do. You shouldn't have spoken to her. And the monk that helped her said, how long are you going to carry that for? I put her down on the other side of the river. I laid down everything that I had around that. It's gone. For me, it's done. But how long are you going to carry it on for? And in perfectionism, we carry on everything. It's such a burden on our bodies. And from an emotional perspective, that can take a toll on our physical bodies. So we always know that physical symptoms can be attached to an emotional challenge, trauma, um, just something going on inside our bodies. So having a look at what's going on, why am I having those stories? Oh, they're old stories. They're from my postnatal depression days. Of course, they're going to keep coming up. Okay, hi, bye. Like, let's move on from that. But how can we come back into this moment and stop carrying all of those stories? How can we choose to let go of fear and be present in this moment? Fear is such a... a challenging emotion because it gives us an excuse to stop and our brain is looking for for excuses. You know, we've all heard the the saying that we have, you know, everybody has, was it two two ears kind of thing because we all have two excuses as well. I can't remember the exact phrase, but you get my point. Um, So we always have an excuse for something and fear just gives us an excuse to stop when in reality what I think about And this comes from something that Steve Jobs said. When you are at a point in your life, it doesn't matter where you are, what's happened, you can look back and have a look at the dots that got you to where you are. You can have a look at the events, effectively, that got you to where you are. He said, but you can't see those dots going forward. Now, I would like to counterbalance that or counterargue that and say that we can, and we can't see all all the dots but we can see our intuitive pulls and we can see our fear blocking us. So maybe the fear is the dots going forward. We just have to, or we have the opportunity to choose to move into those dots. Now, not every dot is going to be the right one for you. Not every dot is going to be, yeah, the best, the best step forward. 
but that's where you get to tune into your body and make decisions that are aligned to you. And I've got more on that coming in a summer soul session in a couple of weeks. So we've talked about what is perfectionism. Um, There's a great visual that I like that Tony Robbins talked about uh, when I was at Date with Destiny and there's a desk and there's a little girl at the desk and she's got everything in place. She's got her pens on the right hand side. She's got paper right in front of her. She's got a a book on the left hand side. She's got a little, um, a unicorn, a beautiful unicorn standing next to her um, at the back there. And her dad comes in and says, oh, this is all so beautiful. And she says, thanks, daddy. And he goes to pick up a pen and he puts it down on the desk. And she goes, oh, daddy, it doesn't go there. It goes back in the pen caddy. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then he picks up the book and he moves that to the other side of the desk. And she oh, daddy, it doesn't go there. It goes over here. And the moral of the story, because this could be anybody doing this, it's there's one way to be perfect and a million ways to be imperfect. And the thing we need to, or we get to remember is that in life, there are a gazillion ways to do something. Just because you have a preference about a particular way to do something, that's okay, but don't close your eyes to other options that come in the door. And this is where the relationships around us can help us grow. So the people in our lives, whether it be your partner, whether it be your kids, whether it be your friends, family members, whatever, they may have a different perspective. And if you've never stopped to have a look at how they do things, you don't get to learn and grow. Now, again, you don't have to adopt everything that they do, but sometimes it it actually might work. And an example for me is I, I would always put things on high heat when cooking. Like, let's just get it done. But the reality is when I'm cooking chicken when I'm roasting it um, in a pan so and it's you know beautifully covered in spices and stuff like that it just burns it doesn't really cook and it dries out right so if I go to a medium heat that becomes more succulent and more enjoyable piece of meat the same for pasta and filling Um, so the Latina Latina pasta and fillings Teddy still has those and I used to just boil them up, like just put the boiling water on, put them in, bring it back to the boil, let it boil for however long it's got to go. But what Chris now does is he boils the water, puts the pasta in. Once it comes back to the boil, then he turns it down to a medium heat. So it's more of a simmer and it's softer on the pasta. So the pasta doesn't open up. So we have the agonoli, so the one that folds over onto itself. And so the pasta doesn't open up like it can do. So he gets the full experience, Teddy gets the full experience of that pasta and it doesn't take any longer. It just gets a better, better flavor and it gets a fuller flavor because they're not all broken or not all of them are broken, but they're not broken. But if I hadn't stopped to listen to Chris and trust me, there's times where I don't and I have, and I choose to catch myself, um, I would never have learned that and I would have just kept pushing forward with what I thought works. So I want to encourage you to experiment with this. I want, don't want you to go into, oh my gosh, then now I need to change this, this, and this. No, pick the low-hanging fruit. What's the one thing that you could change 
that just has a small impact in your life that's not going to make you feel like you've got um, you've got all the hairs on your back running all the way up, all over your arms, everything standing on end. It's just picking that one next thing and or the first thing actually and just choosing to look at that differently and think about how you could do that differently and then experimenting with that. At the moment, I love to do two-week experiments. I love to just sort of say to my brain, we're just going to try this for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Like, it's not a problem either way, and I can change my mind, but two weeks for me is enough time to kind of get an assessment of how things are going. And often what will happen is by the second day, I know whether I'm on the right track or there's something to be tweaked. And that's really good information because I could start that tweak straight then, right then and there if if it was appropriate, or I could just keep moving forward with what I'm doing and just keep paying attention. And then, to be honest, is kind of, if it's worthwhile, it becomes a habit. And that's a good thing, right? So if that's what I want it to be, and generally that's what I'm trying to create. So come back to that one thing that you're just sort of sitting on that, you know, you know that you could make a shift quickly in and just make that shift and see what happens. Have fun experimenting. Thank you for joining me today and please hop over to either my website, Instagram or business Facebook page and share your key takeaways from this episode. If you're keen to uplevel your life and create a path that aligns with you, I'd love to chat with you and support you on your journey. So head over to my website and book in a free initial coaching session and let's talk about what you want to create in your life because it's totally possible to live a life you love right where you are. And next week, as I mentioned in this episode, we're going to talk about decisions. Do you know how many we make a day? It's no wonder, honestly, that willpower doesn't work. And there's lots of science behind this as well, but we're just going to talk about decisions next week. Thanks to uh, my coach and mentor and friend and client, Jason Hoffman. So join me in the next time and I'll share it all with you. See you in the next episode.